All right, so good to see you. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Surprise, yeah. Good to see you today. Welcome to week number one of a brand new uh, message series that we're starting called Choose Joy. Sounds like some of you have already cho chosen joy, all right? We're so glad uh, you're along for the ride. I always like to start by looking into the camera and saying hello to all of our locations. We are one church that meets uh, all across the great state of Sweet Home, Alabama, and we're also bringing uh, this message into a bunch of Alabama's Department of Corrections facilities. One of the honors, wouldn't you say so, church, one of the honors of our, of our life to be able to be with you guys, and we mean that. Um, about 19 of those facilities have not only this uh, Sunday service, but small groups, growth track, dream team, all that we are as a church. And of course, there's always people watching online for some reason around the world, and we're so glad uh, you're along for the ride today. But I want us to reserve our greatest applause today for our newest location that's starting next Sunday. But the launch team is having a practice service. There's hundreds and hundreds of people kind of getting ready for next Sunday's launch for our Columbus campus. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. God bless you guys. God, proud of you. So I just got texts and pictures, and I'm seeing all the activity that's going on in the Columbus, Georgia, Phoenix City, Alabama area, and what a, what a joy. We're so thrilled. Uh, we, we need this campus, and we're excited to be there, and God bless you guys. Thank you for working so hard. Next Sunday is going to be exciting, and we've had an amazing nine weeks of what we call Summer at Highlands, where we have had just not only great time in messages and Sundays, but also of course, did events for our kids and our students and serving our city. And just this past week, we had our motion conference and then we had a pastor's conference with pastors from 43 states and 30 countries of the world that were here for three days. And man, we, we've been pouring our hearts out to them. And I spoke a whole lot this week to those guys. And what a fantastic time. And as much as I love all of that, I love where we go next every year. And that is and all, out of all that activity and as we kind of enter back into the school, going back to school season, and really what I call the harvest season. It happens in the natural. I don't even fully explain it, but it happens in the spiritual as well. A lot of people come to faith in Christ during the fall season. Not sure I fully understand that, but we always reserve this season right before it for a time of prayer. In fact, starting today, we are in what we call 21 days of prayer, and tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. in Columbus. You guys are a little lucky. You're going to live it later, all right? But at uh, 6 a.m. Uh, here in, in uh, Alabama campuses, we'll have an hour of prayer that I would love for you to physically attend if you can. Because uh, for, especially for those of you who said, man, I've never been able to make prayer really work in my life. I can't imagine an hour of it. I barely can find five minutes worth of stuff to say. We're going to help you out. You're going to see how vibrant and exciting and powerful it really is. So I'd love for you to be in the room if you can. If you can't, um, we would love for you to just join us online, live. And if you can't do that, we're going to archive it for 24 hours. So the prayer service will be available for, for just your, your on-demand streaming for until the next one the next day, all right? And so that's 6 a.m. Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. on Saturday. And, of course, we'll pray here in our church Services. It's going to be spectacular. I can't wait for it. Today we're going to start this new series called Choose Joy. And here's the verse that, uh, that I really wanted to launch this verse off with. I've been having this thought since about November of last year 
that, that this would be a year, 2019 would be a year of great joy. And so I brought it in the form of a Christmas message, and then we started the year off with it. And I always intended to kind of pick it back up. And I think during this time of prayer, these 21 days, it's a good time to kind of revisit this topic, but in a different way. And this is a prophecy out of the book of Isaiah um, where, in fact, this prophecy is about Jesus. We know, we know that because Jesus would actually go later, hundreds of years later, would go into the temple and pick up the scroll of Isaiah, open it up, and he read this passage. And then when he finished reading it, he said, today this passage is fulfilled in your hearing. You're looking at the fulfillment of this. And it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. And I'm gonna stop right there and say, you're getting ready to see four things in this passage that are the four things that we have hung our hat on as vision around this church. We want people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And you're gonna see it one more place where you see those. Because he says, the Lord has anointed me to preach good news, good tidings to the poor. For every person who doesn't realize it, that you don't have to pay for your own sins. Jesus has paid for your sins. It's pretty good news, right? And he says, and then once you've realized that and you've accepted Jesus into your life, he sent me to heal up and to bind up the brokenhearted. Second thing God wants you to do, not only for you to know him personally, but he wants you to find freedom, to be healed, to proclaim liberty to every person who's captive to your addictions and your habits and your emotions. The opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God. And the vengeance is not against you, by the way. It's against the devil who has a plan for your life as well. To comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion. And then once he kills you up and all the mourning and hurting and pain, he wants to give you beauty every place where there was ashes. So now he's going to put you back to a place that you were always intended to be. We call it discover your purpose, that you're not supposed to be doing this, living a a life of misery. You're supposed to be living a life of purpose, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called, this is the result, trees, one translation says oaks of righteousness. That means big, solid, you can't knock me down, regardless of the circumstances. It might be thundering and storming. I'm about to preach here at this service, right? The planting of the Lord, you're an oak, you're unmovable, unshakable, the planting of the Lord, that Jesus might be glorified, and then watch what happens. So now I know God, I have good news, I've been healed in my heart, I've let the, that all the ashes turn into beauty, God's doing a work inside of me, and now I'm out there rebuilding the old ruins, I'm out there raising up former desolations, I'm out there helping people and making a difference with my life. Now, that's, that's not my message, but it really is good, right? That, because that's, that, once again, my point is, is that those four things are all throughout the Bible. God's one of these for your life. But there's one phrase in all of that that just, I can't get away from this year. To give them, this is what God wants for your life. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Don't settle for less. Too many people settle for much less than what God has. Jesus paid a high price on his body for you to have things that you ought to get every bit of it that belongs to you. To give them the oil of, say it out loud, the oil of Joy where every place where I'm depressed and not doing well and my emotions are diseased and the garment of praise for a spirit, notice that heaviness and the weight of life is not just circumstantial, it's spiritual. There's a spirit of heaviness. And unfortunately, we've seen this play out in the last 24 hours in two cities of America where just crazed gunmen just went nuts and And I'm going to tell you, there's darkness on our land. There's depression in our land. There's violence in our land, racism in our land. 
And we always try to point a finger at something. I'm not saying some of those natural things don't need to change. I'm just saying it's spiritual too. Don't ever forget that it's spiritual, that there's a spirit of heaviness where the devil is trying to destroy our lives. And so that's why, what do you do in the middle of that? Well, we want all that, all that, that stuff to change, but check it out. It doesn't always change. And that's why really the, the value that we're trying to embrace here is not just, okay, God, change it. Make everything just a bed of roses. No, no, no. God comes along and says, I'm going to help you find joy in the middle of your trouble. But you've got a big idea here. You've got to choose it. Now, you've got to choose it. So you won't feel it first. You have to choose it first. Choices lead. Feelings follow. You've got to choose it. You've got to decide. I don't really have a reason to be happy or joyful. I'm just choosing it. In fact, I have moral authority to preach this today because I feel like I've been hit by a Mack truck. I got sick right after these pastors left town. My body, I've been in bed for the last two days. I almost didn't come this morning. But in 36 years of being in the ministry, I have never missed a Sunday because of sickness. And today wasn't going to be the first day. So here I am, all right? But I got couches in my future. Can I get a better amen? I'm telling you, I've hit it, I've hit it right there. I mean, I just, it's, it's, been, it's been rough. And, and I don't really feel like it, but I'm not, I'm not going to follow what my body says and my feelings say. I'm stepping out of it. And I'm going to tell you, I'm about to preach myself happy, too. It's just, it's been a, I've had an amazing day, actually. In fact, I, I was so funny because I, I told this to the pastors this week. You know, if some of you don't know who I am because you're new to our church. I'm actually from South Louisiana, which means I'm a Cajun. And, uh, and what that means is you might not learn anything, but we're going to have a good time, all right? So, <laughs> and so anyway, and so, but I, I, heard, I told the pastors this week this story about, about Boudreaux, who wasn't feeling good either. Like he said, he went to the doctor and says, doctor, everything hurts. Like head to toe, it all hurts. He said, well, doctor said, well, show me, Boudreaux. He said, well, oh, Lord, doctor, that hurts. Doctor, that hurts too, doctor. Oh, doctor, that hurts. Doctor, that hurt. Doc, doctor, that hurt. He said, Boudreau, your finger's broken. So anyway, <laughs> you know that's funny. I don't care what y'all say, that's funny. That's hilarious. So, so, so I have um, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, I, I love the characters of the Bible, and, and, in the, and Jesus is my all-time, of course, my all-time hero of Scripture. But in the Old Testament, I love, I love King David, just the passion uh, just how he was a man after God's own heart. My life verse, Psalm 78, 71, where it says in 72, says that God, that David shepherded them with, with skillful hands and integrity of heart. That's, that's always been my pastoral life verse to try to, I want to do it well, and I want to do it with a pure heart. I just love David. But in the New Testament, it's, it's the character of Paul. Paul, the great um, church planter slash apostle. He went around starting churches. But Paul, Paul, I think he has the best attitude of anybody in Scripture, because he didn't have any reason ever to have a good day. I mean, like, he, uh, stuff was always bad around him, always. So he, he, even when I, he, 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 got, he got shipwrecked, and then, then, he, then nobody rescued him, so he bobbed around in the cor- like a cork in the middle of the Mediterranean for, for a day and a half, the Bible says. And then he finally climbed to safety to an island, and a snake came out and bit him. I mean, everywhere he went, he says five, he, got the, he got the lashes Jesus got five times. So the 39 lashes that nearly killed Jesus Paul gets it five times. He was beaten with rods. That's those little skinny rods. They used to slap the back of your thighs and your back and just excruciating pain, punishing him for falling Lord. He was stoned. And I'm not talking recreationally. I'm talking like with the real stuff, you know. And 
Somebody said, well, at least he got a little relief. Like, no, it's not what you think. And so, <laughs> thank you. It is. Uh, but yet, you see, but everywhere you look at him, he's like, hey, I got the victory. He says, I'm hard pressed on every side, but I'm not in despair. Now, how? Uh, how? Like, well, I'm going to tell you how. This is, he made some choices. So let me say it this way. I'm going to tell you some things today that aren't going to blow your mind. They're not going to be things you don't know. They're just things that we possibly don't do. And a lot of times the genius of a sermon is not in the, wow, I've never thought of that before. It's the stuff that you've always heard before, but you've never started doing yet. And we need to start doing some of this stuff, right? And so Paul says this. He goes, I'm sorrowful. I want to, I want to ball up in the corner and cry right now. Yet, yet, I'm just, I'm choosing to rejoice I don't have a dime to my name, yet I'll just make everybody else rich. I don't have anything, but yet I'll just, I really possess everything. And he just, he's a guy who decided to, to choose, to choose to have joy. And so in this series, what I want to do is I want to give you four things, four choices. So every Sunday, there's going to be a different choice. Uh, four choices we're going to make. And I promise you, if, if you can make the choice, I promise you there's joy on the other side. I'm talking about regardless of circumstance, and I'm not talking about fake joy. I'm talking about you really, like, wow, I have the victory. I'm, I'm rejoicing in the middle of a potentially sorrowful time. How? Choices. Four choices. Today, I've called it the first choice. And the first, it's the first choice because it is the first thing you need to do. And the first thing all of us need to do is pray. Pray. So we have a rally cry here at Highlands. It's called Pray First. So before, before you start a week, you come to church like you did. Well done, everybody. And you pray first. But then tomorrow morning before you take off out of the house, we're going to pray first. Before you answer that email, you better pray first. Before you post that Facebook post, you better not post it. No, I mean, pray first. So, right? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make sure that we make some choices here. And, and uh, we say, in fact, we, we have little bracelets um, I'm wearing one. It just says, guess what it says? It says, pray first. And it's just a reminder. In fact, these are so funny because our church is pretty big yet, you know, and, and so I go around town and, or to airports or wherever, and people recognize me, but they know I don't recognize them. And so what they do is like, hey, PC. <laughs> you know, they'll throw this up in the air like, hey, pray first. Yeah. You know, and so we had these, by the way. They're, they're at all the campuses. They're in the foyers. They're in the coffee shops. They'll be out here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. for you to grab one. It's a constant reminder. We're not going to act first. We're going to pray first. That prayer, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. See, too many people have prayer is your, you have what I call fire alarm prayers. So God, I'm going to work on it. I'll do everything I can know how to do. And if it fails, I'll call on you. And I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do it last. Do it first. Pray, pray first. So the first choice is prayer. And the, and the scripture that I want to unpack for us today, in fact, um, in fact, today you're going to get an outline, your outline in your little handout sheet. Oh, by the way, you have this little white piece of paper in your worship guide that you hadn't seen in months. It's called a handout sheet for all the note takers. You said a good amen. You glad to see, yeah, y'all glad to see that again. Pull it out, follow along, fill in the blanks, and there are three ring binders in the foyer that you've already paid for with your giving. Just go ahead and grab one. It, they're yours, and start collecting your message notes. But, but I, what I want to do today is you'll see it has a little outline, and the outline is not my outline. And a lot of times it is. I'll, I'll put the things I want you to know, and I'll find scriptures that support those thoughts. But today, I just outlined a chapter of the Bible because I found this beautiful verse where Paul 
by the way, who, that the Apostle Paul wrote while he's in prison. The book of Philippians we call a prison letter or a prison epistle, which means he wanted to be, be preaching somewhere, but he got arrested. And now he's, and he just made, he redeemed the time. What's so funny about it, he's probably bleeding. He's in a dungeon. Now, these weren't prisons like today. These were underground, no windows, bad people. It's not, good pla- it's not a good place at all. And 27 times he uses the word rejoice or joy in prison. So obviously he has some moral authority, can teach us some things too. In fact, he says, once you've joyced, you need to re-up on it. You need to, <laughs> nobody's laughed in any of the services, but that is so funny to me. <laughs> so once you've joyced, you gotta rejoice, right? But I'm serious, the, the, the key part there is re, 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 keep on. Keep, keep making the choice to, to joyce, all right? <laughs> keep making the toy, choice to joyce. That's, that's gonna, all right. Why is this funnier to me than it is you? I don't know. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says, okay, I don't think you caught that. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness twist. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Whoa, 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 what are you talking about? I'm in turmoil and you're asking me to have joy. And now my gentleness is evident to all? Yeah, how that happened? Because the Lord is near. And the next thing he does, he starts talking about prayer. And that's why the first choice we make today is prayer. This is the passage that I think connects joy and prayer the best. And when you outline the chapter, when you outline this passage, you find out that five things that prayer produces that all result in your joy. And I just want you to have them so you can make these choices. So if you'll pray and have these five things that Paul talks about in this chapter, they'll all produce joy. Here's the first one if you're taking notes. You're not taking notes. Here's the first one. All right, here you go. And that is prayer replaces worry. So I always go into prayer. I always go into prayer worry. Um, worry, worry is this. In fact, the, the English root word for the word worry is to strangle. You, 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 have, you feel like you're choking. Like, I don't know how this is going to work out. There's some guys in this room right now, some men. You're under a lot of pressure. And it feels, it feels like this. You're choking. And the Bible says, no, no, I got joy for you. And you obviously hadn't figured out how to get it. And he says in the, in the next verse, I'm just reading the passage. I'm outlining the chapter for you. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't be stressed out about anything. And the next words are, but pray. Pray. See, what worry does, one person said, worry borrows from the future. Hadn't happened yet, but I'm afraid it's going to happen. So I'm worried. I'm borrowing. I'm giving emotions in the now that really belongs in the future. In fact, they're going to say that if you worry about something and it happens, goes ahead and happens, you've worried twice. If you worry about something and it doesn't happen, you worried in vain. You spend emotion on something that was never going to happen. Now, I can relate to this because I have things that, especially when I read the news and when I see what's going on in society, and I look at the culture shifts. I really wonder, God, where's this going? And Jesus comes along and says, who of you by worrying could add a single hour to your life? In other words, you're, think, you're, you're putting an emotion in the future that doesn't belong in your now. And that's why he goes on, he says, therefore, don't worry about the future. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Isn't that the truth? Each day has enough trouble of its own. And I, I, I relate to that because 
You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a father of five and I'm a grandfather of five grandsons. And I find myself all the time thinking, my goodness, what's it going to be like for them? My little Jackson, the oldest of my grandsons is, is, is three years old. So I have five grandsons all under, three and under. And, um, and they come over about every other day and we hang out and we have a good time. And I'm, I'm there with them sometimes, popcorn out, come on, we're on the floor with toys. And I find my mind going to something in the future and I get upset. But I forget that may or may not happen and we can handle it when we get there. But for now, come on, everybody, popcorn is where I need to stay. And it really reveals something about my relationship with God and my condition of prayer. In fact, what we worry about most reveals where we trust God the least. That's a fact. So what do we do? We're going to do it tomorrow morning. I'm going to lead us tomorrow. I'm going to kick off 21 days of prayer. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., one of the first things we're going to do is we're going to grab our worries, and we're going to release those to God. We're not going to hang on to those and try to control something that we're not doing any good job controlling anyway. We're spending energy in something that's not changing it anyway. Why not, even if it all does happen bad, why not go ahead and grab some joy for the now? And that's what he's teaching here. It goes on. Second thing that we make a decision in prayer that produces great joy and that prayer relinquishes control. Now, for some of you, you never pray like this. You don't relinquish control when you pray. You want to co-control with God. <laughs> but Paul says, no, 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 by prayer and petition, and notice this detail, with thanksgiving. I'm, I know it's going to work out, so I'm going to go ahead and thank you before you even answer the prayer. Present your request to God. You know what the word present literally means? It means to lay it down at his feet, walk away from it and say, hey, that's yours. I, I present these things to God. The truth is, for a lot of us, we want to co-own it with God. Like, okay, God. In fact, for some of us, we even pray and tell God how he's got to do it, right? Okay, God, so I have this need, Lord, and, and if you don't mind, because I know you got other things on your mind, this is how you need to do it and when you need to do it, right? And, and I'm just going to tell you something straight up. I'll just help you with God. He's not going to play ball like that. He's not going to co-own your situation with you. He wants you to present it. And it goes on to say, and then the peace of God, which transcends. By the way, that's how you can tell if you presented it. Because the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You need to learn this lesson in prayer, and that is that it can't be God's problem and my problem at the same time. I present, I let go, I give it to God. You say, Chris, are you sure? Let me show you another verse. Cast. All your anxieties. I actually went to the Greek lexicon this week, studied the word cast in the Greek, the original language the New Testament is written in because you get deeper meaning. And it literally means to throw on or to give to him in a, in a hey, here, here you go. And just, in fact, that's why the Phillips translation says, throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him for you are his personal concern. So what do we do? We're just going, okay, God, and we're going to do this tomorrow morning, by the way. So we're going to talk to God about what we're going through, but we're not going to walk out of the door with it. We either leave it with God or we don't. Are y'all listening to me today? Come on, where, where have the people been in church a long time and remember that hymn? What a friend we have in Jesus. Where y'all at, yeah? But you remember the part? Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry Everything to God in prayer. Yeah, so if you're carrying it, you don't have to. 
And here's my prayer. In fact, this is a benediction. We're not at the end of the service, but I'm, I'm going to benedict you right now, everybody. All right, get ready. <laughs> May the God of hope fill you with, say it out loud, fill you with all joy. Not even some, every bit that there is. How? Oh, I want it. As you trust in him. I'm not saying it's easy to do. I'm just saying you have to choose it. I'm just saying, God, why in the world am I allowing my worries to go into the future? And why in the world would I try to co-own my problem with you? No, no, no. Prayer relinquishes control. Are y'all getting anything out of this? I, I'm firing. I'm, number three, I'm just following the text now. The next verse goes here. And that is that prayer regulates my thinking. So now what it does is I go in there a lot of times with my, my mind all messed up. And if I can be very honest with this, in fact, if I could even be direct with you, I'm not usually a hard in your face preacher, but if you'll give me about 40 seconds, I'm gonna get hard on you here. We got way too much junk coming into our eyes and our ears. We're looking at stuff that's polluting our minds. You know it. I don't have to be your Holy Spirit. You know it. You're reading stuff about people, people's comments about you on Facebook, and you, you're watching things on shows that you know. And, and, and you've even, like, almost said, well, I, I've, learned, I've learned how to filter out the trash. No, you haven't. You just Because you, the filter is still on the inside of you full of trash. And I'm, truth be known, guys, we have more sensory media input that dishonors God and pollutes our souls than ever before, myself included. And that's why I come to a place of prayer and I say, God, you got to wash my mind. And I got to think on things that are true and noble and right and pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Think about these things. What do you do that kind of thinking in prayer? Because I get to prayer and I say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to put my eyes on you. I'm, I'm not going to think and concern myself with the affairs of earth and even talk to you ad nauseum to you, God, like as if you're not even noticing. No, no, no. As, as the Bible says, I'm going to set my mind and my heart. I'm going to think about things of heaven, not of the things of earth. A lot of people don't realize that what prayer is is not God coming down. It's us going up. I am seated with him in heavenly places. I'm going there to get my mind right. I want to challenge somebody. You don't have to do this, but if the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you ought to consider doing this. And that is you ought to consider over this, at least this first week of the 21 days, some type of media input fast. For some of you, it's just, it may be your social media apps. It may, for some of you, it might be the news. Uh, for some of you, it might, I don't know what it is. They might say, well, you know, I'm not going to watch any, any Netflix shows, or I'm not going to watch... Because, well, Chris, it's mostly good. Yeah, but there's that one place, and am I right, where you just come right back down to the pollution of earth. And I tell you, I have my own goals this week. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but I have some things I'm fasting this week. And I'm, it ain't going to be food. I'm going to be eating. Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> but I do have some media stuff I'm doing this week, and I'm just, I'm just going to try to get my mind and my heart right with God. I, I encourage you to do the same. C.S. Lewis said, aim at heaven, and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you're going to get neither. So God, set, I want to set my mind on things that are above, not on things here on this earth. Are y'all getting anything out of this, everybody? Prayer, prayer, prayer allows me to get rid of my worry, replaces my worry. You know, prayer, prayer relinquishes control. Prayer, prayer regulates my thinking. It gets my mind right again. And you're going to notice, you're gonna, you'll, you'll come in here in prayer tomorrow morning, and you're, you're going to be just have stuff. 
Come on, it'll be Monday. We'll all have the lists. I promise you, you'll leave here with joy and peace in your heart as you set your mind on Jesus. Sing, sing a good worship song at 6 o'clock in the morning. Come on, everybody. Lord, I don't like getting up at 6. Who does? That's why we choose joy. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be leading the thing tomorrow and griping all the way here, y'all. <laughs> but after that first song and that hour of prayer, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to... I'm going to be so glad I came. I'll be ready to go bear hunting with a switch. Come on, somebody, right? Fourth thing, I'm just outlining the chapter for you, and that is that prayer reveals contentment. In other words, when I pray, I go in thinking, Lord, I need, I need, I need, I need. And when I finish praying, I realize I have everything I need. You're all I need. You know, truth be known, you get in this life, and it's easy to grab for more attainment, accumulation, riches. Like we just, we go after more. But Paul says, man, when I pray, I know what it is to have need. I know what it has to be plenty, have plenty. But I have learned the secret of being content. Now, where did he learn the secret? The Lord is near, the place of prayer. He realized that every time I get close to God, I have everything I need in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I realize I am more satisfied. I'm more content when I get here. And that's why the psalmist David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Let me add this word, because the Lord is my shepherd. God, what I need. God, what I need. And so one of the prayers I pray, we're going to pray it tomorrow, and that is that I will not trust in riches. Instead, I will trust in him who richly provides. God, you're everything. Y'all believe that today, everybody? He's everything I need. And when you're there, when you don't have a need, trust me, there's more joy on the other side. I'm just trying to give you the emotions and the choices we make in prayer. We're going to do them tomorrow morning and let God bring the the joys (laughs) so we can rejoice. In our, get the joy back in our lives. Here's the last one, and that is that prayer relies on God. It relies on God. So every place where I genuinely have need, I confess Philippians 4.13, I can. I can take on this week. I can be a good dad. I can lead this church. I, all the places that scare me, that Put fear in my heart. I can do everything through him who gives me the strength. Verse 18, and my God will. I can and my God will supply all my need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. In fact, I want to close with a verse um, and tell you a story. But there's a verse in... um, There's a verse in Proverbs that I'd love for you to kind of make your theme verse this week. In fact... Just if you circle it or underline it or memorize it or write it on a card, put it in your bathroom, find, find some place. Those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. And I've, I've, I've learned, I, I've begun to realize that. In fact, my, um, my prayer time has taken this evolution. So I'm 56 and I've been in ministry for 36. I started at 20 years old. And I'm a type A personality and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty aggressive in my prayer time. And, and I was trained in spiritual warfare growing up. And so I have, I have a place of prayer at my house, always have. And my prayer time has always been very aggressive. I get in there and I'm, I'm kind of loud. And I, I used to have a big old map 
of Birmingham and another big old map of Alabama. And I'd point at it and like, ah, north, south, east, and we have give them up in Jesus' name. Like, you know, <laughs> and I, it was just, it was fun, you know. And that was, it was probably, <laughs> probably good for a season, you know, for me to kind of be like that. I don't know if it's age or maturity or both or being a grandpa. I don't know what it is, but my prayer times have become uh, sweeter. And um, so I still have morning prayer. I love it. But I grab my coffee, and I got a chair down in my office that I've had for 30 years. Tammy keeps trying to throw it away, and I won't let her. Come on, man. It just smells just right, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Ladies, y'all don't understand, but it just, it got tear. It's got a big old tear in it. And I just, but it's my chair, you know, it's just. It's just my chair, and it's, real, it's soft and comfy, and it's wide, and I don't know. I love it, and, and, and the first thing I do, I, get, I plop down that chair, and I have a little, a little lighter, a little, little clicker lighter, you know, because I got a candle. <laughs> it's a little Catholic in me, everybody. I got a little candle right there, right? And I, and I, I, I light this candle, and uh, for those of you guys who just lost respect for me, it's a manly scent, and I drive a truck. Okay, so anyway, all right. But I, <laughs> it's okay, but... Uh, don't judge. And so anyway, I, uh, I light this candle, and I just like, I don't know. And, uh, and then I've got a, a, a tenure journal. By the way, if you like, guys want an easy journal, go look it up. It's called the tenure journal. And so and you go to a, the day of, of, of the year, and it has 10 entries on the same day, just three sentences, just through like little bitty, little blurbs. It's, I don't like to write long, but I can look back what's happened on that same day. It's kind of fun. So it gives 10 years of the same day. And then I, then I grab my... My old Bible, I've had it since 1982, and um, I love it so much that I don't let it go out of the house. I used to preach with it, but I don't anymore because I'm afraid to lose it or be damaged, and it means that too much to me. And I know where everything is in that Bible. Like, I don't know where it is in your Bible, but I know where it is in my Bible, you know, and, 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 and I, I read the one in your Bible, and as corny as this may sound, when I finish, I grab that book, and I just, I hold it up to my mouth, And to just take a moment and just say, Lord, your word is like honey on my lips. It refreshes my soul. And it, it always speaks so much life to me. And I kiss my Bible and I set it back down. I know that's kind of strange, but that's just, I love it that much. And, uh, and then I don't leave the chair until I've met with God. And sometimes that's three minutes and sometimes that's an hour. And I'm telling you, something's happened in me, in me lately that I want you to have so badly that it doesn't matter what condition I come in. It's all changed. There was movement. Watch this. And for years, please don't miss this. For years, I thought the goal of prayer was to get God to move. Come on, man. Come do it in Birmingham, you know. And come do it in my kids. And come on, God. Here's your chance. Do it, God. Sick them, God. I'm realizing there's something better. It's not God moving toward me. It's me moving toward God. That my soul, my peace, come on everybody, my joy, regardless of the situation. And I want that for you. Campus pastors, come join me on the stage. Pastor Blake, come join me on the stage. I want, to, I want to pray for you, and I'm going to give all the campus pastors a chance to close their own services. And I respectfully request you to stay to the very end. We've never, we never, never, never finished late. We won't today. But every moment of the service is well planned. 
and, and, and just please respect that. Please respect that. And people are making decisions right now. And this may be strange for you. Just, shh, 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 shh. just click, click stuff later. Hey, hang on. I know I gave you the notebooks, but click it later. All right. Because I want to rebuke the spirit of heaviness off of you. And some of you have it. It's deep. And you're hurting. And you're in despair. And some of you had thoughts of ending your life. And some of you just, it's just heavy. You're, you're not going anywhere. It's like, my God, is this what life's going to look like? And you've, you've lost hope. And I'm telling you what's going to happen. When you really trust him, he's going to fill you with all joy. Can I pray for you? So, Father, I pray for the beautiful people of Highlands. And God, you know what's really going on in their souls. And you know where they hurt. And you know where they fear. Where they're in distress and despair. And I speak to the spirit of heaviness. And I rebuke you, you spirit of anxiety and stress and nervousness and depression and fear and worry. Break your power off God's people right now. And Lord, I pray for an open heaven above their lives where you're pouring out, regardless of circumstances, the all joy and the God of hope that you promised every one of us. God, help us to make choices, Lord, to cooperate with what you want to do on the inside of us. God, we choose to pray first. God, in this season, I launch it today, asking you to move powerfully over these 21 days. We're never the same. God, we don't want you just to move toward us. We, we plan on moving towards you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you're far from God, so like maybe you don't even know where you are, but you feel lost, you feel distant from God, you feel under conviction, you just, there's a despair of your soul and you feel the Holy Spirit knocking saying, why not today? Before I hand it to the campus pastors, pray this prayer right there where you are. Say, Jesus, I need you. And today I accept what you did for me on the cross. I receive the payment of my sins by repenting, turning towards you, making you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. Heal me. Change me. I'm going to follow you. Be my God, my Savior, my Lord, and my friend. Say this with as much affection as you can straight to heaven. I give you my life. In your name I pray. Amen.